You're listening to Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I'm your host, Estelle, and I'm super happy that you're tuning in today. I'm a certified personal trainer and life coach whose life within the health and fitness world has been pretty all over the place. So no matter where you are within your fitness journey, I can probably relate to it on some level. I know that fitness is for you and that you have a valued place in this world. I've had my fair share of ups and downs, insecurities, and honestly feeling like an outcast from exercise and fitness. Little did I know that I'd actually become a leader within this space and help women from all walks of life gain confidence, find freedom and understanding, and feel at home within the fitness world. In this podcast, my goal is to help you fall in love with exercise, become amazed by yourself, create healthy lifestyle changes, and break down that confusing gym and lifting stuff so that you can feel welcome and at home within the fitness world. Everyone is welcome here. Let's get started. Hello, welcome to another episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I am so excited to talk about this topic with you guys today. It's something that I had thought about recording um, lots of times, just doing research on, and I just never got around to it. It's something that I thought everyone kind of knew wasn't a reliable tracking source, but Even though we have this knowledge in our brain, like we've been told, okay, so it's about BMI. You read the title, you know it's about BMI. (laughs) So this is something most people know and have been told, okay, this isn't accurate, but we still struggle with it because it's been so ingrained in our mind. Like maybe even since the time we were a child, like if you grew up as a child, underweight, overweight, you know, you were probably in the doctor's office and the doctor was like talking about your BMI, like right in front of you with your mom, maybe something like that. So it can be really triggering. So this isn't just um, a logical topic. It can be emotionally packed as well. And I want to give you guys a heads up that I did do research. I took my notes and I have like my research notes in front of me, but I did not um, kind of write an outline for this episode. So it could be a little bit all over the place. I just want it to be like very from me, very sincere and just kind of be chilled and have fun with it. So just letting you know (laughs) before I get into things that that's going to be what this episode is like. Anyways, so let's talk about what BMI is. BMI stands for body mass index. So what is mass? Like mass is everything. Your mass is the muscle, the fat, your eyeballs, liquids, the poo that you didn't poo this morning, like whatever. It's all of it. It's what you just ate. That's all the mass. So your body mass index, yes, that number is accurate. That is the mass index. But is it an accurate health marker? No. Is it an accurate marker of how much fat you have? No. Is it an accurate marker of how much muscle you have? No, it's not giving you any of that information. So it's it's really just an accurate marker of mass, not anything more. So where did BMI come from? It actually was invented by a guy. I'm totally going to butcher his name. Oh, he was from Belgium. And his name, I'm going to try my best, Lambert Adolf Jacques Quetelet. I think, anyways, I'm going to put some information on him in the show notes so you'll be able to see his name there. But that was his name. He was 
not anything to do with health or medical profession of any kind. He was a, he was extremely smart. He was a statistician, mathematician, sociologist, and astronomer. That's amazing. But he didn't have a knowledge of health or medicine. And the reason he invented this BMI was uh, actually because during this time, so in the 1830s, I don't know exactly when in the 1830s, but it was sometime in there. In the 1830s, death rates were really, really high. And Lambert was trying to figure out why so many people were dying. And so he was gathering data on height and weight. And he created this BMI. And he wanted to help the government figure out how to best distribute resources. And so he came up with this body mass index, which actually was not originally called body mass index, BMI. It was called the Quetzalay. Again, that's his last name. I hope I'm saying it right. Quetzalay index. It was actually called the Quetzalay index until 1972 when a physiologist named Ansel Keys um, basically said, we need this to quantify health for individuals. So we'll talk about Ansel Keys later, but it wasn't even called BMI when he made it. So anyways, death rates were high. He wanted to help the government. You might hear Lemon's squeaky toy. I just put her in her crate so I could record this. Anyways, he believed that society could be analyzed without bias using statistics. We know now that BMI creates biases, but it originally he wanted to, he created it to avoid bias. He just wanted to look at things objectively. And because, you know, you can kind of think, oh, statistician, mathematician, astronomer, sociologist, he wanted to identify patterns. And so he described this new academic field as social physics, believing that it would reveal important patterns in human society. So he expected these patterns to be as regular and predictable as the movements of like the stars, the moon, the sun, all of that. Was he right? No, but that was his intention. So Lambert, this Quetzalay guy, he did not intend for the Quetzalay index or body mass index to label individuals, but to help give the government a simple and quick way to know how to allocate resources. It was a very tumultuous time in um so he's from belgium but he based this uh his the his knowledge gathering he gathered a bunch of guys from like french and scotland um average age so you know caucasian males what a lot of studies are done on today um this is all based on relatively inactive french and scottish males during the 1830s so it was like is that applicable (laughs) for us today no okay so that's where it came from he didn't intend for it to be used for individuals so despite all of that it is still being used today to determine health for individuals it's used by doctors simply because it's simple um easily scalable many doctors use it as a starting point and well lemon is playing in her crate you just might hear her in the background some doctors use it as a point uh like a starting point and then depending on what they see they want to like run tests um to see what they determine to be true health or a you know normal bmi range um And despite the possibility of health at many sizes, uh, this marker 
is still used. And that's really sad because someone who is technically normal or they might be overlooked and or they might even be struggling with an eating disorder of some kind. This happens with people who are overweight, underweight. If they're just like close to the normal range, doctors might won't not take their um not complaint, but their appeal for help very seriously because they are, you know, in normal or close to a normal range. And also people who are more overweight or obese, they might be uh, not taken as seriously. Um, and this discourages them from even going in when they do have health problems um, or something that they might think could be the beginning of a health issue because they have not been taken seriously in the past. So this really, this whole BMI um weight bias thing, it has created a lot of health problems for different populations. Um, it's BMI is just not an accurate measurement for health. It it doesn't account for muscle mass. It doesn't, um, it's race bias. So different races are going to have different um, healthy ranges of fat and muscle. Like we're all different genetically, like technically someone might be Caucasian or whatever, but you know, we're all from like a variety of places when you trace our, our lineage back far enough. And it doesn't apply to children. It doesn't apply to athletes. I was talking to a client just when I was researching this, it actually came up and uh, I was talking to her and she said um, her mom, I don't know her exact uh, job, but her mom worked with an insurance company. And she said that powerlifters and body bodybuilders were often denied health insurance because their BMI was higher. Why? Because they have more muscle. Muscle weighs more. And so they were put in a higher category, maybe overweight, obese, I don't know. But the health insurance agency determined them risky. This is not okay. BMI is a dangerous marker. It, it leads to dismissing possible health conditions because someone's in the normal range. It can trigger disordered eating. Focusing on weight can encourage harmful eating habits. Weight stigma causes chronic stress. BMI and weight bias discourages bigger people from seeking care, results, resulting in worse outcomes, nevertheless. Um, so it just, it's just not, <laughs> it's not okay. You can kind of see like my notes are all over the place here. Um, I, I don't know if this happens in every school. I don't believe it happened when I was in elementary school, but I've heard of it happening now. Like maybe if you're a mom listening to this, you've seen this on your kid's report card. I don't know. Um, but I've, I've heard that this is even happening in schools where, you know, kids will have their height and their weight taken and their BMI is put on their report card. Like this is no wonder, no wonder eating disorders are becoming more common like you look back to like okay so I'm 29 years old you look back to like the things that I was watching on tv the things that were in the news no wonder I've struggled with disordered eating and people of my age have struggled with similar things and this it's not improving this isn't improving you guys um BMI discriminates let's take a moment to hear about one of my favorite products perfect supplements. Now more than ever before, it's so important to get your supplements from a high quality and trusted source. Perfect Supplements searches the globe for the best place to source their ingredients from, and then each batch is put through a rigorous third-party lab testing to make sure their products are clean and safe. They have some of the best prices I've found, and what's even better is when you buy in bulk, you save even more. Buy three of anything, save 20%, 
Buy six of anything, save 25%. And even better, use the code Estelle, that's my name, E-S-T-E-L-L-E, at checkout for an additional 10% off that already massive savings. Okay, back to the episode. In addition to that, BMI, like I talked about different races, you know, are going to have different um, muscle fat mass ratios. Um, We're all different, essentially. And so we can be healthy at different sizes. Uh, It's just gender as well. So beyond race gender, like, like I said, this study the numbers collected here to determine underweight normal healthy this was based on men in the 1830s it's not meant for women in 2020 and beyond it's just not the same we don't have the same lifestyle we can't really compare and beyond that even different stages in life like i was talking about how it's not appropriate for children what about people who are older like we are meant to fluctuate we aren't supposed to be stagnant our whole life like when we get to this is really common you know people saying oh, I'm not the same. I don't fit in the same pants when I was in high school and I want to lose weight. I really want to be in my my same jeans as when I was 30. But guess what? You're not in high school. You're not 30. <laughs> we are meant to change. We are meant to change just like our interests change. Like I've been talking, like I used to do, I used to be a teacher. I worked at a coffee shop. I, when I was in high school, I wanted to be an architect. Now I'm a personal trainer we're supposed to change, not just physically, like in all different kinds of ways. So to say that like, this is the range that you're supposed to be in for your whole life. And this is what's normal. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Um, it It's not that it just isn't accurate. It's dangerous. Like I said. So what are some better health markers that you can use. And it's not to say that one of these alone is going to say that you are a healthy person, but they are better markers to use as opposed to BMI. And it'll help pull you away from using those those kinds of numbers that are keeping you small, that are keeping you feel feeling discouraged about yourself, um, controlling your actions in that way. So what are some better health markers that you can use? Strength. How strong are you? You know, I believe, oh man, I don't know if I've recorded this. Um, I believe I have talked before about some standard health markers for women. And I'm assuming it's mostly women that are listening to this podcast episode. But even if you're you're not, uh, you could look on Google, just go like standard health markers. Like what should a female of this age be able, you know, this height be able to lift? They have graphs just like BMI, like this is your uh, height. This is your weight. They kind of do it by like age and height, or it might be age and weight. I can't remember exactly, but it'll give you like a general range. Like this is, this is normal. This is novice. This is beginner. This is advanced. So you can kind of see where you are. And like, it would be an awesome goal to be able to hit like, okay, I'm going to be able to squat this much. I'm going to be able to bench press this much. I'm going to be able to do this many push-ups or this many pull-ups. That would be a much more encouraging marker of health because strength, focusing on building muscle as muscle is the organ of longevity is a much better target in our mind as opposed to how much fat can I lose? Like we talk all, (laughs) we've heard so many times how we 
shouldn't focus on what we shouldn't do. Like, I'm not going to have sugar. I'm not going to have alcohol. I'm not going to blah, blah, blah. That's hard because we're just thinking about what we're not going to do. Let's think about what we should do. What can we add? What can we bring? How can we grow? How can we expand? How can you get stronger? How can you expand yourself, become more confident instead of how can I be smaller? How can I reduce myself? How can I can fit into this mold? You see what I'm saying? See what I'm getting at here? Okay, so beyond strength, healthy digestion, you know, like, are you gassy all the time? Does something hurt your stomach whenever you eat it? Uh, you, you know, like, do you have acid reflux, heartburn, cramping, like that kind of thing? We want things to be smooth, um, flowing, feel energized after we eat. Healthy digestion is another sign of health. Having restful sleep is another sign. So how well do you sleep at night? Are you always waking up in the middle of the night? Okay, I have been lately because of lemon. <laughs> but that's not me. That's lemon, right? So like if you have kids, of course, like your kids might wake you up. But if they weren't, like, are you going to sleep through the night and feel rested when you've had your eight to nine hours? Now, if you don't, I've talked about this in other episodes if you need like more than nine hours regularly, or if you are sleeping less than seven or always waking up in the middle of the night, that could be a sign of a sleep disorder. So having enough restful sleep every night is another sign of health. Being happy and fulfilled is another sign of health. Searching for happiness, searching for fulfillment, those would be better things to chase for health. Like do things that make you happy. That sounds so simple, but just listening to a few episodes back, my interview with Laura, the nutritionist, she talks about it. Like she reads people's hair tissue mineral analysis and people can eat really like unhealthy food. I am comfortable saying that some food is bad for you. Some food is not healthy. But you can eat that. And if you have a really healthy and fulfilling life, your mineral levels in your body might just be better than the mineral levels of someone who eats, quote, perfectly, but hates life. Okay. So being happy and fulfilled, that can be a marker of health. Well, hormone balance. Hormone balance is another one. So this is very much so tied into minerals. Um, so doing other things to be happy and balanced in life can lead to more hormone balance, but a hormone imbalance would be a sign of stress and therefore not healthy. So if you have a relative hormone balance, that's another health marker. Having stable energy, which means balanced blood sugar, is essentially uh, little to no mood swings. Yes, mood swings are not a sign of health. I I used to be a very emotional person. You can tell through my through these episodes that I'm a passionate person. I'm not talking about passion. I'm talking about like outbursts, suddenly being irritable. You know, like leading up to your period when girls are like snappy. That's not healthy. We're not supposed to be like that. We're not supposed to be that sort of emotional. Emotions are fine, but emotional and snappy and irritable and moody, that's totally different. So if you are experiencing less of that in your life, that's another sign of health. Having clear skin, strong hair and nails, having a regular period with little to no pain, these are also markers of health and things that we can really strive for in our life. So instead of obsessing over, am I in the normal range? Am I strong? How's my digestion? 
How do I sleep? Am I happy? Do I feel fulfilled? Are my hormones in balance? Do I have stable energy throughout the day? Do I experience little to no mood swings? How's my skin, my hair, skin? Oh, I already said skin, <laughs> skin, hair, and nails. Like, do I have a regular period? Is it, a, is it like with little to no pain? Just chase these things. These are the things we want. Cause if you want, if you have all of this, you're not gonna be worried about your size. Not so worried about it. Like, like, check me out. Like, my I feel great. I feel great. I'm not worried about my weight because I have this and I feel good now. Have you checked out my membership yet? It's called Strong with a Cell. Strong with a Cell is a year-long fitness membership that can also be done month to month. It's different from any other membership out there because I'm not just handing you workouts. I'm also educating you. Education is the foundation of all my programs, so naturally, it has to be the foundation of my membership. Education is what enabled me to get to where I am today, fitness-wise. If I hadn't educated myself, I would still be stuck doing HIIT workouts, blindly supplementing, starving myself, relying on workouts I saved from trainers on Instagram, and wondering why in the world I wasn't getting stronger or how in the world I could maintain this pace for my whole life. All your workouts are mapped out for a full year. You have access to a growing series of 30 plus educational video lessons on topics from how to get stronger, determining your perfect form, recovery, nutrition, training on vacation, getting on track and staying on track, rep ranges, energy systems, and more. You'll get all of that and be a part of a community of women you can relate to and who can relate back to you. You do not need to be alone in this process because what you want is normal and totally attainable. And you'll feel that and know that when you have community support from these women and of course myself too. Check out the link in the show notes to learn more and enroll. Right? I'm not saying weight loss is wrong. I've said this so many times. You can want to lose weight, but it does never, ever, ever take the place over these things. Focus on this first. This is what actually matters. So even though, you know, you may have listened to all of this that I've just blobbed out in this episode and been like, okay, so that's nice. I, I knew a lot of this, whatever. You may be, be thinking that, but you're still struggling to break free from BMI or from numbers. While the desire to change one's body isn't a bad goal, it's simply not a reflection of health. Aesthetic goals are one thing, health is another. So examine your intentions if you are obsessed with numbers. Do you care more about aesthetics, the approval of others, the approval of people in your past, or do you care more about your health? Try getting rid of your scale or putting it away somewhere inconvenient to access. That can be great. Ask not to be weighed at the doctor or not to be told your BMI. I actually, I haven't been to the doctor in so, so long. Um, I think the last time I went was a couple years ago, maybe almost three years ago now. Anyways, I went to the doctor and I said, can you please not tell me my weight? I think I was, I was quite a bit lighter than I was then, but that's not the point. The point is that it can be triggering for some people. So I let her weigh me and I just said, can you please not tell me my weight? She said, yeah, of course, it's fine. Like did not like make an issue of it at all. So if you didn't know that already, you can ask not to be told your weight and ask not to be weighed. 
if the doctor or the person, I can't remember who it is, maybe it's a nurse or uh, whoever, the, the person that like takes you in for your checkup and stuff. Um, if they're like, no, we need to weigh you, just say like, okay, if you feel like it's necessary, you can weigh me, but please don't tell me. And I don't want to talk about, B- about BMI or any of that, you know, just you have that right. You can do that. Um, another thing you can do is when you catch yourself thinking about weight, like the number, shift it to your relationship with your body. What can your body do for you? What has it done for you today, yesterday? Uh, all the things in your past, write it down. Writing is so, so powerful. Okay. That is about the gist of my notes. Oh man, I forgot to touch on Ansel Keys. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to touch on Ansel Keys and then we're going to wrap this up. So going back to the very beginning of this, I was talking about how BMI wasn't always called BMI. It was known as the Quetzle Index. I really hope I'm saying that right. If someone is listening to this and they're from Belgium or they speak French, they're like, Estelle, that is not how you say it. Anyways, it was not, it wasn't called BMI. It was only in 1972 when Ansel Keys, like I said, was a physiologist um said that it was um meant for quantifying quantifying he said quote essential for quantifying health on an individual level so ansel keys has done a lot he has affected the medical and quote health because i don't really think it's health health industry um in a lot of different ways uh he has cherry-picked information that have supported his theories you can find articles online saying that he was paid to do this. Um, like the sugar industry paid him to say that it was fat. That was the problem. You know, like we always go back and forth. Oh, it's sugar. Oh, it's fat. Oh, it's carbs. Oh, it's this. You know, like when's it going to be protein? I don't know. Anyways, just trace the money, trace the money, and then you'll see uh, where the problem lies. So this is pretty well known that um, that Ansel Keys did this. And so we can't exactly trust this information, no matter how smart he was, money is very appealing. I get it. Um, anyways, so that's a little history. <laughs> um, I'll put some stuff in the show notes about um uh Lambert Adolf Jacques Quetle and uh Ansel Keys and the history of BMI. Um, I'm gonna try to find the articles I read through about how BMI can be dangerous, um, you know, how it is very race and gender biased, weight stigma causes chronic stress, eating disorders, all that stuff. I'm gonna try to find the articles I used and put those in the show notes so you guys can flip through that. Um and uh use that as reference you know you can pick and choose i'm sure you probably had some other questions thoughts come up as you're listening to this and maybe you want to dig into that a little bit more so i'm going to put that down there if you like this episode please leave me a review and i'm doing this thing right now where anyone who leaves me a review is entered into a kind of like what do i call it not a not a poll like a poll p u l l a draw not a poll <laughs> um you're you're entered into a draw to win a free coaching call with me 30 minute free coaching call so leave the review take a screenshot it you can either email it to me or send it to me on instagram my email is estelle c fitness e s t e l l e the letter c fitness F-I-T-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Instagram is a Celsius Fitness. Again, those will be in the show notes. I just have to have some way to know that it is you who sent that review. So review, 
screenshot, send it to me. You'll be entered in. Um, every month, one person wins a free coaching call with me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, not a lot of people leave reviews. So if you leave a review, you are very likely to win that free call. Uh, so there's that. Um, I'm going to put some other information in the show notes. If you want to work with me, I have spots open, one spot open for the rest of the year for either custom programming or personal training. So custom programming and personal training are both one-on-one -on -one options. That means like the workouts that you have here are customized to you um, and you have one-on-one -on -one messaging with me. If that's not your style, totally get it. People need different things at different points in their journey, points in their life. We have different personalities. My membership is awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You get all your workouts mapped out for up to a full year. So it's a three month commitment because that is really the amount of time that you need to give something a fair shot. So three month commitment, but you could have workouts mapped out for up to a year. There's home options. There's gym options. You have community support and you know me, I love to educate you. Like this whole episode was all about education. Like all my episodes are educational. <laughs> I love to educate you. So that's no different in the membership. I have a vault of over 40 video lessons teaching you about different form your anatomy, cardio, nutrition, uh, what else? Habit development, um, exercise swaps. Like I could go on and on. There's so many different kinds. So that's all inside the membership. Um, I'm going to put links for that in the show notes. And I thank you guys so much for tuning in because I know there are literally millions of podcasts out there. So it means the world that you listened this far. And I'm going to talk to you guys later. I'm so glad you were able to catch this episode of Fitness Beyond Aesthetics. I hope that it helped bring more clarity to your life within the health and fitness world, and that in turn empowers you to keep moving forward. I don't believe we will ever have the answers to everything, but we can continue to learn and keep an open mind. If there's a topic you'd like to learn more about, please email me using the link in the show notes. If you'd like to explore different ways to work together, check out my website at estellecfitness.com. That's Estelle, my name, the letter C for my middle name, and the word fitness.com. If you want to get to know me better, I highly suggest following me on Instagram at Estelle C Fitness. I'd love it if you sent me a DM to connect, or if you just want to stalk me on there, that's fine too. Until next time, friend, have a lovely day.